Blog Talk Radio. Presenting yourselves on this battlefield, I give you thanks. This is our army. To join it, you give homage. I give homage to Scotland. And if this is your army, why does it go? We didn't come here to fight for them. Oh, the English are too many. Understanding the times in which we live today, we all remember George Bush and his new world order. We all remember that. This is the big wake-up call here. Let's see if I can get this one pulled up here. This is this is. Uh, I believe this is one of his. This is his most popular, brilliant new order speech right here that he gave. So let's see if we can get that pulled up here. Let's play this one. Just two hours ago, Allied Air Forces began an attack on military targets in Iraq and Kuwait. These attacks continue as I speak. Ground forces are not engaged. This conflict started August 2nd when the dictator of Iraq invaded a small and helpless neighbor. Kuwait 
a member of the Arab and a member of the United Nations, was crushed. Its people brutalized. Five months ago, Saddam Hussein started this cruel war against Kuwait. Tonight, the battle has been joined. This military action, taken in accord with United Nations resolutions and with the consent of the United States Congress, follows months of constant and virtually endless diplomatic, diplomatic activity on the part of the United Nations, the United States, and many, many other Arab leaders sought what became known as an Arab solution, only to conclude that Saddam Hussein was unwilling to leave Kuwait. Others traveled to Baghdad in a variety of efforts to restore peace and justice. Our Secretary of State, James Baker, held an historic meeting in Geneva, only to be totally rebuffed. This past weekend, in a last-ditch effort, the Secretary General of the United Nations went to the Middle East with peace in his heart, his second such mission, and he came back from Baghdad with no progress in getting Saddam Hussein to withdraw from Kuwait. Now, the 28 countries with forces in the Gulf area have exhausted all reasonable efforts to reach a peaceful resolution, have no choice but to drive Saddam from Kuwait by force. We will not fail. As I report to you, air attacks are underway against military targets in Iraq. We are determined to knock out Saddam Hussein's nuclear bomb potential. We will also destroy his chemical weapons facilities. Much of Saddam's artillery and tanks will be destroyed. Our operations are designed to best protect the lives of all the coalition forces by targeting Saddam's vast military arsenal. Initial reports from General Schwarzkopf are that our operations are proceeding according to plan. Our objectives are clear. Saddam Hussein's forces will Kuwait. The legitimate government of Kuwait will be restored to its rightful place. And Kuwait will once again be free. Iraq will eventually comply with all relevant United Nations resolutions. And then, when peace is restored, it is our hope that Iraq will live as a peaceful and cooperative member of the family of nations, thus enhancing the security and stability of the Gulf. Some may ask, why act now? Why not wait? The answer is clear. The world could wait no longer. Sanctions, though having some effect, showed no signs of accomplishing their objective. Sanctions were tried for well over five months, and we and our allies concluded that sanctions alone would not force Saddam from Kuwait. While the world waited, Saddam Hussein systematically raped, pillaged, and plundered a tiny nation, no threat to his own. He subjected the people of Kuwait to unspeakable atrocities. And among those maimed and murdered, innocent children. While the world waited, Saddam sought to add to the chemical weapons arsenal he now possesses an infinitely more dangerous weapon of mass destruction, a nuclear weapon. And while the world waited, while the world talked peace and withdrawal, Saddam Hussein dug in 
and move massive forces into Kuwait. While the world waited, while Saddam stalled, more damage was being done to the fragile economies of the third world, the emerging democracies of Eastern Europe, to the entire world, including to our own economy. The United States, together with the United Nations, exhausted every means at our disposal to bring this crisis to a peaceful end. However, Saddam clearly felt that by stalling and threatening and defying the United Nations, he could weaken the forces arrayed against him. While the world waited, Saddam Hussein met every overture of peace with open contempt. While the world prayed for peace, Saddam prepared for war. I had hoped that when the United States Congress, in historic debate, took its resolute action, Saddam would realize he could not prevail and would move out of Kuwait in accord with the United Nations resolutions. He did not do that. Instead, he remained intransigent, certain that time was on his side. Saddam was warned over and over again to comply with the will of the United Nations, leave Kuwait or be driven out. Saddam has arrogantly rejected all warnings. Instead, he tried to make this a dispute between Iraq and the United States of America. Well, he failed. Tonight, 28 nations, countries from five continents, Europe and Asia, Africa and the Arab League, have forces in the Gulf area standing shoulder to shoulder against Saddam Hussein. These countries had hoped the use of force could be avoided. Regrettably, we now believe that only force will make him leave. Prior to ordering our forces into battle, I instructed our military commanders to take every necessary step to prevail as quickly as possible and with the greatest degree of protection possible for American and allied servicemen and women. I've told the American people before that this will not be another Vietnam. And I repeat this here tonight. Our troops will have the best possible support in the entire world, and they will not be asked to fight with one hand tied behind their back. I'm hopeful that this fighting will not go on for long and that casualties will be held to an absolute minimum. This is an historic moment. We have in this past year made great progress in ending the long era of conflict and Cold War. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. We have no argument with the people of Iraq. Indeed, for the innocents caught in this conflict, I pray for their safety. Our goal is not the conquest of Iraq. It is the liberation of Kuwait. 
It is my hope that somehow the Iraqi people can, even now, convince their dictator that he must lay down his arms, leave Kuwait, and let Iraq itself rejoin the family of peace-loving nations. Thomas Paine wrote many years ago, these are the times that try men's souls. Those well-known words are so very true today. But even as planes of the multinational forces attack, attack Iraq, I prefer to think of peace, not war. I am convinced not only that we will prevail, but that out of the horror of combat will come the recognition that no nation can stand against a world united. No nation will be permitted to brutally assault its neighbor. No president can easily commit our sons and daughters to war. They are the nation's finest. Ours is an all-volunteer force, magnificently trained, highly motivated. The troops know why they're there. And listen to what they say, for they've said it better than any president or prime minister ever could. Listen to Hollywood Huddleston, Marine Lance Corporal. He says, let's free these people so we can go home and be free again. And he's right. The terrible crimes and tortures committed by Saddam's henchmen against the innocent people of Kuwait are an affront to mankind and a challenge to the freedom of all. Listen to one of our great officers out there, Marine Lieutenant General Walter Boomer. He said, there are things worth fighting for. A world in which brutality and lawlessness are allowed to go unchecked isn't the kind of world we're going to want to live in. Listen to Master Sergeant J.P. Kendall of the 82nd Airborne. We're here for more than just the price of a gallon of gas. What we're doing is going to chart the future of the world for the next hundred years. It's better to deal with this guy now than five years from now. And finally, we should all sit up and listen to Jackie Jones, an Army lieutenant, when she says, if we let him get away with this, who knows what's going to be next? I've called upon Hollywood and Walter and JP and Jackie and all their courageous comrades in arms to do what must be done. Tonight, America and the world are deeply, deeply grateful to them and to their families. And let me say to everyone listening or watching tonight, when the troops we've sent in finish their work, I'm determined to bring them home as soon as possible. Tonight, as our forces fight, they and their families are in our prayers. May God bless each and every one of them and the coalition forces at our side in the Gulf, and may he continue to bless our nation, the United States of America. Can't beat that one, huh? Yep. Yeah, well, it's a new world order. It's a new world order. 
hang on. We got another one up here. Nothing less than a new world order. This is the pledge of the world's most powerful leaders, representing 90% of the global economy. Thursday's G20 summit, they say, has changed the rules of the game. Today, the largest countries of the world have agreed a global plan for recovery and reform. This involves the biggest interest rate cuts in history, the biggest fiscal stimulus we have ever seen, the biggest increase in resources in the history of our international institutions. A total of $5 trillion for the global economy by the end of next year, including $1 trillion for the International Monetary Fund. Staggering figures that the 20 countries, along with international institutions, agreed upon to combat the crisis. The G20 has laid out other measures, too, to firm up a financial system many say enabled the worst excesses of the past. These include an end to tax havens, stronger regulation of companies and banks, and new rules to rein in corporate bonuses. We will implement new rules on pay and bonuses at a global level that reflect actual performance with no more rewards for failure. The G20 leaders arrived in London divided, with France and Germany holding out for tougher controls on tax havens, notably. But the results have won praise from all sides. C'est au-delà de ce que nous pouvions imaginer. This is more than we could have hoped for. We are all aware that alone we can do nothing. We are all aware that we need to create new rules to build a new foundation of the system. This is what we have done. The very institutions at the epicenter of the crisis have also made their approval known. Stock markets shot up in response to the deal, signaling, for now at any rate, a return of confidence. Confidence, baby. Oh, yeah, confidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A new world order. Yeah. What do we got here? media ally. But his confidence that his words would not leave the room later broke it. We are great host of the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their policies of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we had been subject to the backlight of publicity. But the world is now more sophisticated and prepared to march toward a world government. That these men aim to create a world system of financial control in private hands, able to dominate the political system of each country and the economy of the world as a whole. In short, they seek total and quiet control of the entire world. And they will get it. Because when we are successful, and we will be. All right, everybody. Let's see what we got here. Okay, war dogs. Okay, one more. One more. Here we go. Vietnam was supposed to be a modern war. Fought with sophisticated equipment and conventional weapons of mass destruction. But one of the most effective devices for saving American lives walked on four legs. This is the story of America's forgotten heroes. Dogs who braved countless dangers and brought our men home alive.
jungles of Vietnam. In this deadly place, dogs use their senses to see, smell, and hear dangers before they claimed American lives. Separated by only a leash, handlers and dogs cared, shared, and looked out for each other. They were teammates. Handlers like Spencer Dixon and his dog, Jack, formed special bonds. We were also attached to these dogs, these animals that had feelings. They hurt, they cried, they got sad, they got happy. Um, they saved a lot of boys' lives. For the military, dogs were nothing new. During World War II, dogs saved thousands of lives. They even parachuted into remote areas to help perform rescue operations. In Korea, the Army estimates that dogs reduced casualties by 65% in the areas in which they served. In the jungles of Vietnam, Dogs and their handlers played an even larger role. Yo, yo. As soon as I went to sleep, he'd put me on the windward side. All right, everybody, we got the ones on the dogs. Sorry. Yeah, we're getting to a specific point here, but I'm not going to get into the big history lesson about dogs. But this is just another aspect of the, your new world order. Man's best friend, you know. We're going to turn his best friend against him. Uh, uh, right? Right? That's what it really means in the end, what they're trying to do. But their new world order is uh, is uh, well underway, and uh, we're here. And, uh, hey. Your COVID thing? Oh, I forgot somebody sent me something about the COVID last night. Oh, man, you guys are going to love this one. I got to put this out there. I got to get this out there, actually. Because um, this affects you guys now, and uh, it's going to uh, take care of you. Uh, right? This, this, is, this, is re- this is happening now as we speak. So let's put this one out there. This my friend here, Sunday. It's not too long. We'll get this one out. Then I'll open up the phone lines. Anybody want to participate here tonight in the program? Unscreened, uncensored, 657-383-0616. You press the number one, and I will give you the opportunity to and talk about anything you want to talk about. No. Why? I see you there. I'm sitting there. I'm going to step back and allow you to hear what I believe will prove what's happening right now. And this message was given to Christians, but all of us should know what's taking place right under our noses. Because this will alter our lives and paradigm forever. And then you're about to hear was the head of the largest business unit of Vodafone headquarters in Newbury, England, between 2013 and 2015. I know this will shock and disturb most people listening. If you don't have a half hour to listen to this completely through now, then come back when you have time because it's way too important for you to hear. Or if you're not able to handle the extreme reality of what is coming, then please don't watch this video.
what's really occurring with coronavirus. Um, this is going to be difficult for people to accept, but let me tell you categorically, factually, and scientifically, coronavirus is not the problem. Um, it is questionable whether it is even a contagion in the context of a disease that is spreading from person to person. What we're seeing are symptoms of a virus. What we are not aware of of what's causing those symptoms. So this is, has nothing to do with a biological warfare um, or any other kind of stuff that you might be hearing swelling around on the internet. What this is, is our bodies reacting to what is known as uh, radio spectrum radiation or radio frequency radiation. And so I know that sounds bizarre, but let me tell you scientifically what is happening and then I'll tell you uh, contextually why it's happening and I'll tell you what we can do about it. So what is occurring? Globally, I was the head of the largest business unit at Vodafone, their headquarters in Newbury, between 2014, 2013 through 2015. Um, I was privy to a number of the new technologies that were coming down the pipe that was going to be implemented, namely the Internet of Things and secondly, the 5G technology. I knew a long time ago that 5G was dangerous, but I didn't understand the correlation with the coronavirus, which I now do, and I want to be able to explain that to you. So what is happening, um, there is a deliberate strategy to roll out 5G, which is the fifth generation internet um, radio spectrum frequencies that enable mobile phones, smartphones, and all devices to function on a much faster processing ability. And with the introduction of AI, artificial intelligence, and the Internet of Things, where all devices will be connected, so whether it's your car, whether it's your phone, whether it's your fridge refrigerator, whether it's your electricity in your house, it's all going to be on a smart grid. Effectively a type of matrix, unfortunately. Sorry to use that term. So what is happening is that this technology has to be rolled out globally. My companies I used to work for in their, as they're running their largest worldwide business unit um, is Vodafone. Vodafone are in partnership with Huawei or Huawei, whatever you call them, a Chinese telecoms company. And they have been rolling out systematic 5G implementation in multiple locations. What's the relevance? The frequency that they're using, and I also ran a telecoms company back in 2010 through to 2013, 14, some of you will be aware, that specialized in radio spectrum, that we, this is the ability to take external signals from satellites into buildings. Um, and so that the frequency that you experience in power on your phone is the same in the building as it is outside of the building. When mobile networks were created initially, they thought people would be on the road all the time, hence why they were called mobile phones. But actually what happened is people used their mobile phones in buildings and the signal wasn't strong enough to, pen to penetrate buildings. That's called radio spectrum. And they're different um, megahertz frequencies, etc. So... The 5G frequency is a very high frequency, very, very, very high frequency. It is just below the classification of a weapon, uh, and I'll tell you why. The frequency that they're using, which is 10 times faster than 4G, unfortunately, when it comes into connection with human bodies, causes cell poisoning, cell poisoning. So our bodies try to fight the radiation 
that is in the form of cell poisoning because of this frequency. It is effectively radiation. And what happens is our bodies uh, kick out the toxicity or toxins with some pro proteins and some DNA, RNA from our cells in the form of a chemical which is called a virus. So most diseases are excretions from cells that we are trying to pull out of our body or push out of our body. And it will head towards orifices to be excreted or um, expunged out of our body. So our noses or our mouths. So you can understand the picture I'm painting. So what's happening, sorry for the detail, but this is going to take a bit of time. What is happening is that um, 5G, the frequency and the power, which is 10 times more powerful than 4G, is reacting adversely with human cells, causing cells in our bodies to be poisoned, toxic, and our natural defense mechanism is pushing out that toxicity in the form of a virus. So what you're seeing is not coronavirus per se, you're seeing cell poisoning manifesting with fluids, chemicals, viruses that the body is trying to um, dispose of because it's harmful to its physical body. So all that's occurring around the world, and I hear your mind thinking, well, how can that be, Pastor? But I'll explain in a moment. All that's, recur all that's occurring in the world is a reaction to human bodies to the electrification of the universe through 5G satellites, 5G towers, 5G cells that are being populated in major cities around the world. So this is what is causing this pandemic. So sorry to say, second point, this is the largest global cover-up in history for the impact on human beings based on technological advancements. So what is happening is not the coronavirus, it is a virus that is being produced by cell poisoning. And therefore, the virus that we have is really a measure or indication of our cells excreting toxins. This is what's killing people. So let me give you some facts that will hopefully make this compelling. So one of the first cities that Vodafone, Highway, and some of the other technology companies rolled out the ubiquitous blanket 5G Guess where it was? Wuhan, China, where this coronavirus was supposedly meant to start in some fish market. That is complete nonsense. It, it, it started as a result of radioactive or radio, radio frequencies at a high level creating radiation that was toxic to cells. And that's why people were falling over, dying in the streets, etc. So they've tried to cover it up. So because it has a, a flu-type... Um, uh, characteristics, they are using coronavirus to try and hide the fact that people are dying from the 5G uh, frequency. So let me just explain. Other major cities that rolled this out, it takes six months for this to impact your physical body. So last year, um, obviously Wuhan was the first city. Um, then Spain rolled out 5G. Italy rolled out 5G. So you're seeing an oncoming level of fatalities because of the level of 5G penetration in these countries. Italy has had more fatalities than any other country because it is densely populated with 5G and the older generation doesn't have the immune system to fight against it. Let me move on because of time. So Italy has rolled it out. Spain has rolled it out. Most major cities have rolled it out around the world and countries. London is one of the biggest uh, CCTV centers and obviously they're in the process of rolling out more 5G. What is the relevance of all of this? The relevance is 
the uh, coronavirus is not what's killing people. It is clearly, categorically, unequivocally, and scientifically proven that the radio frequencies that we are being exposed to is what is killing the people. Why are they allowing it? Because of multiple agendas, but primarily because 5G is the only network with the speed to handle the future. And where we're going rapidly is a world run by AI, artificial intelligence, the Internet of Things where everything's interconnected on the Internet, a new global currency that's coming out, hence why I've been pushing what I've been pushing for the last five years in Africa with our own digital currency um, to combat what was coming. Uh, in addition to that, there will be driverless cars. There will be a number of different things that um, basically need to run on 5G. So they cannot reverse the implementation of these, this technology. And, and they're happy for it to, to the, the sacrifice to be millions of lives around the world. Just to prove the point further, um, the cruise ships were installed with 5G. So the people that were quarantined on the cruise ships, they were uh, cruise ships that had 5G, and that's why the people were getting sick. Hospitals have 5G. Major cities have 5G. Um, airports have 5G. So these are places where uh, people will automatically get sick if they're exposed to the inordinate levels of radiation through radio spectrum um, poisoning. Okay, so let me move on. Um, we've had three pandemics in the last 120 years. Uh, the first pandemic was in 1918, which was called the Spanish flu pandemic. This was when they implemented radio waves globally and increased electrification of our universe. Guess what happens? Millions of people died six months later with a pandemic they called the Spanish flu pandemic. Roll on a number of years. World War II, just after that, another pandemic, which was the implementation of radar equipment globally. Satellites went up, a myriad, a plethora of different satellites went up into the, the uh, what they call is the Van Allen Belt, um, basically, where they store and send uh, satellites. So when that was in, in, implemented, again, there was a number of deaths from the pandemic. Um, the last major pandemic was in 1968, which was called the Hong Kong flu. Guess what they did then? They rolled out another level of satellite penetration in the Van Halen Belt, over 100,000 satellites that were transmitting um, our um, signals, radar field, in the cosmic field, basically. So these were satellites that were pushing telecommunications and radar um, communication. So we had um, radio waves first at the beginning of the century, and then they implemented radar equipment and telecommunication satellites. These caused pandemics that killed multiple millions of people. The last one was in 1968. So guess what's happening now? They've rolled out 5G, and this is impacting people's lives and people around the world, and they're covering it up in the name of um, uh, coronavirus. So that is a fact. Right, Please go and do your study, okay. study 5G. Right. There you go. Okay, so there you go. You have it right there, and it's all verified and backed up with documents and and uh, actual news reports. But you won't hear that on the seven, at the 6 o'clock morning news, will you? Call your local news station. Tell me what you just heard on my radio show. Tell me what, what will happen to you. You'll get hung up on, okay? Um, go down to your local sheriff's department. Report this. Call the police. Report a crime. Call Crime Stoppers, right? Yeah, you got to report a crime, right? Hey, you get a reward, you know, right? 
I mean, uh, what's going on here? I mean, well, 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 why isn't everybody up in arms doing this? Why? What's going on? Instead, we want to dance, 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 and we want to have fun, fun, fun. And you know what? I want to know if Tom Brady's going to retire this year. And, uh, you know, that's more important. That's more important, right? And tell me God's blessing America. God bless America. Yeah, okay. God ain't listening, people. All right? Your God's not listening. So, anyway, let me check out these phone lines here, see if anybody here wants to check in here with me tonight. Press number one, phone number 657-383-0616. And you press the number one on your phone pad or on your direct connect or whatever you got, or your 5G network, wherever you are. And uh, I'll see the uh, little blue thing come up next to your phone number, and you're you're not screened. You're not censored. I'm not uh, iHeartRadio. I am on iHeartRadio, but, uh, excuse me, but uh, I won't screen you and I don't censor you and there's no uh, one-minute delay where, you know, so you may get some whack jobs that may want to call in and tell me I'm a jackass or start swearing at me or or do a, a silly little uh, porno skit or do something stupid like that because, that's, you know, their brain brains are all wired the wrong way and they can't figure out what to say or have an, uh, an intelligent conversation usually. Usually, and that does happen a lot here on my podcast show. So uh, I just haven't done many shows lately. Um, okay, let me check out these phone boards here. Let me see. Let me click over here. Check my networks here. All right, here. Press the number one. Oh, we got a taker. We got a taker. Let's get them on. All right. Go ahead there, Florida. You're on. Uh, hey, Joe. How are you doing this evening? All right. What's up? Uh, not much. I just... I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Uh, All right. Um, I didn't know how many people out there believe in aliens. And, uh, <laughs> I'd not be much of a subject, but I got somebody here that it claims to have been uh, abducted. Really? Let's get him on. Yeah, that's what he claims. So uh, anyway, I just here. You want to tell him about your story? Yeah, do it, man. Do it. Let's do it. This is uh, like coast to coast here. here. You know, you ever hear that guy up late at night? Do you believe you know? in aliens, Joe? Do you believe in aliens, Joe? Yeah, yeah I believe there's life out there. I believe there is life out there. Yes, there is other life okay, out there. Like, what it is, I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. This guy's name is Robert. Go ahead. What I was talking to uh, Mr. Dale about is the because the, I've seen a lot of documentaries on it, how the government... <laughs> They they have aliens that have crash landed. They have bodies and stuff like that, and they have their ships. But they don't want people to know because they don't want a big, you know, everybody's scared. Oh God, there really yeah, is aliens. Yeah, panicking. Yeah, big panic. Well, yeah. Oh man, it would be a big old panic. And people would be doing everything crazy. So they know the government's hiding the fact of that. That's how a lot of this technology we have. It comes all the way back from biblical times. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you read the Bible, and I've read it, read it. I tried to explain to my mom, and she's a Jehovah Witness, which I don't say anything about anybody's religion or whatever. And I'm a Christian. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Yeah, yeah. To each <laughs> his own, right? Right. Everybody has their own way of life and their own beliefs, and that's just the way it should be. But yep. the thing yep. is, I know for a fact that. This, the universe and beyond is way too big. And the 
even without science and knowledge of now, even when I was a kid, you, everybody knew that there was somebody else, something else out there because all it takes is certain things to make life grow. Okay, that's true. We just got It's just that we don't know where life is being sustained right now because you know our little telescopes can't see that far, and we our spaceships don't fly that far. You know, so you know I'll, I'll buy that so far. I'm, I'm with you so far on that. My thing is, is because I tried to explain to my mom because I got to read in the Bible one night, and that's our history. Even though a lot of people think there's a lot of pages missing, but the main ones that I picked was how their terminology of how they used back then. You know, they have different words how they said stuff. So yes. when I read and understand it, I said, oh, man, that's like Star Trek. That's like a dog on uh, basically like a tracker beam, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. One of, the, one, of the, one of the books in there was talking about that, and then the Chariot of Fire. They don't know what jet engines are, so they're going to say chariot, which is something that moves somebody. You know, it's, it's a fire because it's got fire on it. Yeah. You know? So, so what's your story? What's your what's your uh, uh, um, like encounter or like what have you what have you seen or 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 encountered in your life? I've actually seen something crazy. And okay, it, it I'm, I'm not going to laugh at you. I'm not going to make fun of you. I, I want to hear it. Hey, if you say it's true, who am I to say it's not true? I, I mean, I don't live with you. I don't walk around with you every day. You know? I can <laughs> that'll make the hair stand up on your back of your neck. And it's uh, not let's alien. hear it, man. Let's hear it. And I'll tell you the whole truth. Can I say it over the radio, over this, without getting in trouble? Yeah, yeah. Yes, to? you can. Yeah, yeah. You're live, on screen, uncensored. This, there's no rated ratings on this show. I mean, I mean, I, yeah. If you start, you know, you know, so, talking crazy, I mean, I can still let it go. But, it, but you know, I'm, but the other podcasts aren't going to pick it up. They'll censor me out. So, but you could talk. I mean, you could say pretty much what you want. Okay. I'll tell you this this much. Like whenever I hear people's stories hanging out, and I've traveled before, even on a bicycle, I've rode all the way from. New Smyrna Beach to Key West, and I've met people that they're strange people. But the thing is, some of their conversations, if they're full of shit, I don't take it in. So I'm not that kind yeah. of person that would tell you some bullshit. I'd rather just say, "Look, man, yo, I ain't gonna kick it like that." But yeah, I was kind of going through it back in my 20s, and um, I think it was 22 or 23. So I left New Smyrna to go live with my aunt. And I had gotten on okay. probation, some bullshit I got caught up in. So, But I got a job there, and I paid everything off. So I met a dude that I was working with, and I wanted some weed because I like smoking weed, man. And I've smoked yeah, yeah. And it doesn't mess me up. Well, my aunt and uncle were both gone at work one day, so I rolled one up. And I smoked about half of it and put it out. It's just pot. That's all it was. And anyways... Something told me to start reading the Bible. So I'm sitting on my bed, and I'm looking at the Bible. I flip it open to Genesis, and you know, it says, in the beginning, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I start reading it and reading Next thing you know, I, I feel something on my neck. So mm-hmm. I turn my head a little bit, and I seen a, it was a figure of a person. I mean, it kind of, it's not, it wasn't a person, but it, it was a black hood, and he looked right at me. And I thought I was tripping. Uh, are you you're inside? You're inside your home now. You're inside your yeah, home or outside? I'm in my bedroom. Okay. Okay. And when I turn around, he took off running, 
and ran through the doorway, and I seen it. It was like a, and I don't make up shit, man, but it was just like people explain. It's a, like a black hood, black covered clothes, but his body was squiggly lines. Like if it was a stick figure person, all the lines were squiggly sideways all the way around him. Like wow. weird looking. That's weird. That is yeah, weird. Uh, <laughs> that's serious. Bullshit. shit. So, but I was thought I was tripping. I'm like, yeah. Then I heard the back door slam, the screen door, wham. I said, oh, shit, there was somebody in this motherfucker. So I jump up, I run outside, and I start yelling. I said, who the hell was in this house? And I run around the whole house and come back in. Well, I had a little bit more of that weed, so I flushed it and got rid of it. But the thing is, <laughs> I actually had the encounter of something was there, some kind of spirit. I threw the Bible. When I seen it, I threw the Bible across the room, and I jumped up because I thought somebody was in the house. But yeah, that's what so, happened. So, man. so do you think it was a? So do you think it was a ghost, or or no do you think? It, so you're saying that this was this was a, a being or some kind of being or or paranormal activity? Uh, what we call that, that? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. When he looked at me, he it was something that he didn't want me to see in that Bible that I picked up because I haven't read it since I was way younger, probably 10 or 11 years he old. Could have been an alien. And something told me that an I alien. was could have been an alien. He definitely I didn't know. Him. So Well, maybe anyways, I'm just thinking that maybe your house has some sort of haunting, you know, and 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 it was, you know, it, the entity or whatever the hell it was was, you know, following you around and you happened to be picking up the Bible and it like you said did not want you to see it and and it freaked out and bang no. took off, you know. It got out of that house. Maybe I cast yeah. something out of that house. I mean, yeah. whatever. Who knows? But it was scared of me when it yeah, looked at yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, Because maybe I, because I'm part Indian and I understand a lot of the Indian beliefs that whenever they smoke peyote or whatever, they enter the spirit realm. And maybe ah, some people just. Okay, now you're like, starting to make a little bit of sense there. Okay, so yeah, Indians would they would they would play around with that stuff, yeah, and they'd enter into the uh, the uh, paranormal spiritual realms and hallucinate or actually actually visit places. They claim I don't like I said I don't know, but who knows, you know? You, but you what, what, who was in the house with you? Who was in the house with you when this happened? Myself. You were by, by yourself. Myself. I was by myself. So you were scared to death. I don't know Basically. if I was scared to death or pissed off. I don't know which one, but yeah, it freaked me out. Did you report it? I'm not to really, I don't really care. I didn't see anybody. Nothing. No, I'm saying that later on, you know, as days went on, as you know, did you like say, hey, did you tell, did you tell oh, your mom or friends, say, hey, you know, this happened to me? I didn't tell a lot of people for a while. I didn't even tell my aunt and uncle what happened. But you were embarrassed. You know what happened? Okay. I changed right after that. I met my well ex-wife now, but I met my wife. I had my first son. My whole uh-huh. life changed. That happened. Oh, um, wow! That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was the beginning of so, my so being. So, oh, so things man- started changing in your life after this encounter. That's interesting. Now that gives it more credibility. Actually, very interesting. Yeah. yeah I mean, it totally was a 360. Like everything changed. My aunt and uncle, they wow. ended up getting a divorce. He met somebody on the computer when they first had that American online, so they got divorced right away. Right away. She met a trucker, yeah. and he met some chick up in hell somewhere up north, 
and she paid for everything for him to move up there. Yeah. And my aunt. So let me ask you this now. Okay, so before this encounter, have you ever been? Have you ever toyed around with the spiritual world, or 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 or, or have you ever noticed anything funny or any activity inside your house? Never, but I have seen some pictures that show some weird stuff. But one really? of my bosses, one of my oh. bosses, one time he says, "Hey, I want to show you something." I said, "All right," and uh, he showed me. His son went hunting one night, and through the damn night vision that he had on, uh-huh. there was a big silhouette of somebody sitting in the bushes watching him. So you could have you could have like this gift or like you say I'm not trying to turn the show into like a, a, a you know a witch doctors or any or ghost or you know but 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 I have spoken to people on many over the years on my podcast show that have claimed this stuff and like I said I'm not saying you're a liar or you're a kook or you're a nut job but I'm saying I have but maybe you have this gift or this connection believe it or not believe it but I don't come up with bullshit. I just tell the truth. What? No, I believe I your just, voice. I believe you. I believe you have no reason to, to come on here life. and, and lie. Two aliens. aliens. <laughs> yeah. Well, two well, like aliens. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this then. So, have since then, had you said you know thing events have happened and your life has turned around, but have you had any type of encounters or or weird gut feelings or seen any images uh, since then? Um. I've had strange encounters, I'd have to say. Okay. I've had okay. Weird, I've had being out there like when I used to travel and stuff, I'd be out on the beach or something by myself, mm-hmm. and this I don't know, just out of nowhere wow. these people show man. up. Interesting. Yeah. Well, let me tell, let me say you know I got some people in the chat room trying to make uh, you know a couple of uh, comments or whatever, and of course you know. Uh, they, some people don't believe you, but I've got a few people here that are uh, messaging me now or are listening and say that's pretty Yeah, they don't freaky. have to. What? That's yeah. how people take it. They can take it how they want. And they probably say, oh, it was probably drugs, but it wasn't because I've smoked weed since I was way young. And it wasn't that. But I did get rid I'd of it. I'd say that's some pretty potent drugs, dude. I'd say that's some pretty potent drugs, man. <laughs> yeah, but no, it, wasn't, it, was. it wasn't that because you know? I've I seen it, man. I really did see that shit. And for some, wow, man. I've, I've done things high on weed before, and it, and it doesn't do shit like that. But when somebody sees no, something like that. No, marijuana does not do that to you. Marijuana is not supposed you, to do that to you, exactly. My mind, what confirmed it for me, because I think about it even now, when I heard the back screen door slam, that's what sealed the deal for me. Yeah, yeah. Else, when you said that, that kind of sealed I, it for me, that you weren't, yeah. you weren't bullshitting me, you know? No, when I heard the back screen door slam, that's when I really got freaked out and jumped up. I said, fuck, somebody was in this house. I mean, I didn't even know what I seen. I didn't want to believe what I seen, but I know what I seen. Are but you near I... any Air Force bases? Are you near any Air Force bases or military yeah, it was, installations? It was right near the Air Force base. Wow. Well, that makes sense, too. Now you go. You see, you're stacking up points with me because uh, that's, you know, we know that, you know, the Air Force bases have uh, – have had a lot of freaky stuff around them happen, you know, where they have a lot of encountered explosions, uh, things flying in the sky, uh, you know, little goblins running around in, you know, woods and roads and stuff.
stuff. And, hey, you know, hey, look, man, there's a lot of credibility to a lot of this stuff because we don't know the life that's been, uh, you know, that's been put here. Could it be demonic? Could it be, you know, if, you know, if you're a Bible believer, you know, Christians will say they're demons. Um, you know, um, and then you, there you go. You got, you know, the atheists out there that will say, you know, they're aliens that come from another planet. Uh, but but if they were aliens coming from another planet, don't you think they'd be engaging us a little bit more, you know? You know, I mean, trying Def- to engage us a little more? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends I, how patient they are, though. Depends yeah, yeah, true. Patient. Good point, good point. Good point. Because they can be freaked out. <laughs> but they don't know. They know our technology, but they maybe they already know. In their minds, they know they'll, they'll scare the shit out of us. Yeah, yeah. They probably well, I'll already tell you what, man. I've been in the woods. I've been, I've been in. Listen, I was in. I grew up in New Hampshire, uh, in the mountains up there, and I used to go out in the woods with my four wheeler, and uh, you know, and I'd be out there, and you know, there was always stories about Bigfoot and stuff up there. But let me tell you something. Sometimes you know, you're up there in the mountains, and there's nobody around, and and you know, you you, you see things, and you just sense, have. Sometimes you get that sense that there's something out there that's not supposed to be out there watching you. You know, <laughs> I mean, you just get that feeling. It's a big world. Anybody can land here. Yeah, they say I got one person talking about Area 51, and, and you know, well, you know, Area 51. That could be a lot of hyped up Area 51. But that that anybody who's who's been around, who's alive back then during that time, Area 51, they can come with some serious testimonial uh, 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 stories. I mean, uh, I had one guy that was. Go ahead. I know you got people in your chat room. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but. No, 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 this is a good story. I like hey, it. Hey, remember, you ever see the documentaries where back in the ancient times where they started grow and they still have all the sites today where all the images they have across the world, where yeah. certain things are like a road map for people in the sky. Yeah. You know, they mark different areas. Yeah. You ever seen the documentaries on that? Yes, yes, yes. And how did they know that? How did they get those images? How did they make that stuff up? I mean, you know, I mean... And some of that stuff is to find detail, also. Also, you know, anybody who studied the uh, engravings on the on the on the stones in Egypt and stuff, you know, the uh, carvings. I mean, you know, these people, you know, how did they how did they carve this stuff? How did they come up with this? Invent this stuff? You got to remember, you're dealing with people who did not have a clue what an airplane was, you know, or, or what a flying saucer was, right? You know, they can't make it up because they never know what it was. They had no the imagination part phrase wasn't there, you know. If someone had to put the subliminally put that in their mind, or you know, or well, show it to them for them to draw it. They had to describe anything. Would just say it was a bird-like figure. They don't yeah, really. They yeah. didn't have the terminology we have. They couldn't say airplane. Exactly. It's like if you and I don't know something and we never seen it before and we never lived it, how could we Spanish. just write it down and draw it, right? <laughs> exactly know? right. Draw what you've seen. Man, yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting story. I like coming across stories like that. And, and can you just give me a description again one more time of kind of what it looked like, its eyes and its facial features? I mean, because you obviously got a good look at it. Yeah, down in the – like when I looked at the face, the hood was covering the very top of his head, pulling down, but his face was like almost like a marble black kind of smoky looking, and his eyes really were like red. But they weren't wow. bright red. They weren't bright red. They were just red. And when I looked over, the shit out of you. <laughs> he was like right 
probably two inches from me. And the only reason why I knew he was there is because I felt him breathing on me. Mm-hmm. And I turned and looked. Because you know how you know when somebody's staring over your shoulder? That's how Yeah, yeah, I you get that, they get that sense, that feeling. You and know? I, now, what would make me think somebody was staring on my shoulder when I'm reading the Bible? Really? Come on. I mean, right, nobody right. was doing crap. And I wasn't thinking somebody was already in the house or anything. I was minding my own business. And when yeah. I felt it, that's when I turned. I said, what the hell is it? And I looked. I said, oh, hell no. And he took off. He looked at me, and he took off running. And I seen just a little bit of him going through my doorway. And like I said, and I really didn't think a whole lot then until I heard the back screen door slam. And that's why I threw the Bible and jumped up off the bed and took off running. To see wow. Who's in the house. Wow. <laughs> freaked me. Interesting, yeah. man. Interesting, man. Man, well, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I'm going to play something here, about 10 minutes of this stuff, of stuff that I've now grabbed off my uh, uh, computer here, of stuff that I weeded out that, you know, isn't garbage or bull crap, but, you know, stuff where people say similar stories to what you're talking about, actually, you know. I mean, um, oh. the, the stuff, hey, look, man, people, you know, look, if I if it happened to me, you know, like, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and say, I'm going to start telling stories like this. You know, people have to, you know, people just don't do that, really. You know, I mean, it's not – we have so much other things to do in life that why would we want to make ourselves, you know, look like that or make up a story like that? So really you have credibility, I think. I think most people do. I mean, obviously if I walk into a mental institution, I'm going to hear a bunch of stories like this. But I'm just saying every average, everyday people just don't make stuff up like this, you know, to get attention. I mean, I mean, you're not looking to claim a check or anything, right? You're not trying to get a movie deal or something like that, right? <laughs> because I didn't want to think I was being stupid, so I never told nobody. Yeah, yeah man, I'll like, tell you what, I don't think you're stupid, dude. I don't think you're stupid at all. I think I think it takes guts and bravery to come on here and uh, tell your, tell you know, give your testimony. It's your story, you know, and uh, it, you know nobody else could take it from you. And uh, I'm glad you were uh, able to tell it on my podcast show because it's going to go into the archives and it will be played over and over and over and over and over again throughout the years, you know. So, uh, thanks, man. What's that? If I think of anything else, we'll definitely hit you up and I'll let you know another story. But Okay. Hey, sounds good, man. Sounds good, man. Hey, you know, uh, yeah, because I know when you start thinking about it and start digressing, you know, saying, man, I wish I would have said this, because I know when you're on the radio or you're talking on the phone and you know a lot of other people are listening, you get nervous, you know, and you don't know how much the reaction is going to be. I don't really get nervous like that. Well, you know what I mean, not nervous, but like excited, you know what I mean? You know, like a little adrenaline rush, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, you know what I mean, something like that. Not like you're scared. Oh my God, you know, I know, I know what you mean. But yeah, man, cool, man. Thanks for uh, uh, chipping in tonight to the podcast show. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks. Oh man, my name's Robert, by the way. Robert. All right, my name's Joe. Joe Gibson. Uh, uh, good to meet you, man. Good to meet you. All right. Yeah, hey, everybody. Robert. That was Robert there. That was Robert from Florida there. Uh, I know he's down there with uh, uh, Mr. Florida there. Uh, I don't know if he wants me to give out his name or not. Uh, I always call him Florida so <laughs> when he calls in. so. But uh, I'm going to play a little something here. i got an eight-minute documentary here. I'm going to try scrolling through them. i got to make sure they're not garbage because, you know, you get garbage off the Internet. So, you know, but uh, play a couple things here, and then we'll, we'll open up the phone lines again. And anybody who wants to chip in, participate here, we did open up with the New World Order. And, uh, hey, man. 
You know, it's coming our way. It's coming down the pipe. And people used to call me nuts for talking about that years ago. They used to call me a kook, a whack job. I used to get made fun of, even by my own family members. You know, I was a nut, nut job. And here, they're talking about it openly now. Man, it's happening right before our very eyes. You can't deny it. It's here. It's happening. You just can't deny this. You can't make this stuff up anymore. It's here. So let me uh, play this here, and we'll uh, take a short, short break here. So let's play this and uh, see what we got. Yeah. Why don't you tell tell us what what it is that you do? I can't hear him. I can't understand. I got to get another one on there. That's I didn't know that guy was gonna have his voice synthesizer on it because he, he's doing an interview. You son of a gun! Wish they would tell you that in the listing of the uh, the uh, uh, the audio. So, but anyway, understanding the times in which we live today. Uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Joseph Gibson. You can catch us on iHeartRadio 2, Spotify, uh, uh, Spreaker, Stitcher, um, uh, Podchaser now. And uh, so we're on all those uh, social uh, gab. We're on all the uh, social media outlets now where the uh, archive shows are downloaded and archived. And all you got to do is type in my name, Joseph Gibson, online radio, and you'll see all my podcasts pop up. So you can pick whatever one you want to listen to them on. If you want to listen to the shows, it's up to you. But we do have a lot of archive shows throughout the years where I've interviewed many, many people. Um, uh, a lot of uh, real, I'm not going to say important because that guy was just on. He's just as important as the other people I've interviewed. But people that are popular or famous, I guess you could say. So, I mean, one time we had the uh, former prime minister of Canada on, David Kelliger, uh um, we had Mitch Gerber on, a missionary there. He was on uh, 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 Sean Hannity, uh, The O'Reilly Factor. We had him come on here. He picked my show a third out of everybody else, and he went on all the rest of them. So um, he exposed organ harvesting, where the Chinese bastards over there, how they cut people open and organ harvest, harvest the people's organs. So, you know, so we've had a lot of people on over the years that we've interviewed and uh, try to get everybody's story out there. I invited one guy from social media to come on tonight. He's not accepted my invitation. Me and him had a little debate here on social media uh, earlier this afternoon. He's one of the sovereign people there. He talks, you know, you could walk into a courtroom and uh, say you're a sovereign king and all your charges disappear and go away. And... Uh, <laughs> and uh, that it doesn't work like that. And I'm going to advise people, don't do it. Just, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to win with these people. You're not going to win. Um, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll read you the exchange I had with him on here. But I invited him to come on and uh, say, hey, man, come on in. Come on. Come on on and tell your story, man. And get, and you can get a chance, you know. And you get a chance to tell your story. And, uh, and uh, talk. I mean, he's, he's on uh, social media telling people that, you know, he's beaten cases and whatnot. If he truly has beaten cases, I want to hear about it. Because everyone who knows me, I'm against the system, man. I think the system is corrupt. It, it, it's muddied down. The little guy can't get no justice no more. I mean, and and I, I want to hear how you're doing it. If you're doing it a lawful, you know, lawfully, I want to hear how you're doing it. Because I don't think they should be pulling people over and, and stealing your paycheck at the end of the week because you didn't wear a seatbelt. You know, I don't think they should be doing that. I think that's wrong. I think that's a crime. That's theft. You know, that's robbery, you know, and if you don't pay, they'll pull you over and electrocute you and drag you off and throw you in a concrete box for 30 days. You know, I, that's wrong. That's kidnapping. So, you know, I'm all for freedom and for all of us to be free and to, and to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. But 
don't tell me you're going to walk into a courtroom and tell the judge uh, I'm a king and I govern myself and uh, you know uh, and uh, and this is a tax ID number and or or uh, an enmity or uh, all these other fancy terms and you're, then you're using Latin terms out of character and how they're not supposed to be used and you're going to tell people to use this stuff. You're going to jam these people up or get them in trouble because there are mothers out there who are fighting for their children. And, you know, you, these mothers are going to go in there with the hope and desperation thinking that you're right and you're telling them the right thing. And they go in there, man, and then they lose their kids or they get locked up in jail. And I don't like to see that happen, man. You know, that's wrong. That's not the right thing to do. So I invited him to come on, and, you know, anybody anybody is welcome to come on to this podcast when I do open phones, and I just open up the platform for anybody to come on. 657-383-0616. Press 1. Uh, you can log in through Skype. You can log in through Direct Connect. You can log in through the Internet. Uh, anyway, you can get in, but the phone number is 657-383-0616. Press the number 1. And uh, I will get you on here live, understanding the times in which we live today. All right. Well, let's see my chat room. What's going on here? Right in the back of a pickup. Uh, let's see. Where is my uh, matters? Hello, councilman. What? <laughs> where is my matters? What are you talking about? Where is my matters? Hello, councilman Gibson. No, no, I'm not a councilman. I'm running for North Carolina House of Representatives. Ride a bicycle with a uh, a, a what? Q-I-T-A helmet? Well, I don't know what you're trying to say there. Why don't you call in, man? 657-383-0616. You never call in. Um, let's see here. Let me play a quick uh, commercial here, and then we'll get back here. Uh, what's anybody want to listen to? It was a little Metallica, all right? All right.
Thank you for taking my call. I'm the one in the chat room. All right. Hey, there you go. Hey, right. thanks for uh, thanks, accepting thanks. my invitation finally. <laughs> oh, no, I know, I know. I, I always have to throw in the screwball um, comments and stuff like that. I was just like when you were talking about um, laws or something there and people get arrested for this and that, I was just thinking those times where we're, we're able to ride in the back of a pickup and now you can't, you know, those simple things that – yeah, what were you saying about that? What's up with that? Explain that to me. Oh, well, I was just – it sounded like one of the references you were making about with um, people, you know, getting picked up for certain things. And, and, and one time where, like, you know, you're even riding back with a pickup and no yeah, problem. Yeah, years ago now. when we were kids, remember? You know, yeah, when you were a kid oh, years yeah. ago. Exactly. And it's, just, it's a shame that we can't do that anymore just because of a few – well, a few people that happen to – Cross our borders that weren't allowed to get in the pickup truck and uh, flip over, and nine of them died yeah. that time. And that's when they made it a law. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they're getting free rides too, free free airplane tickets to anywhere they want around the country. <laughs> I mean, I wish I can get a free free plane ticket to Miami, Florida, or something. You know, I do. I live in California. And I'd love to get out of my state and go somewhere else, but I have to have a job first before I can move out. <laughs> You, darn you, you damn American, you have to work, you know? Yes, yeah, and, and live by our laws. Don't think about Yeah, even, shame you know, on you. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, think, you know they, they say everyone here in California is leaving, goes somewhere else, you know, I would love to, but I, I you know, I got to have a job first. And in here, you know, you make good money, but it's just so damn expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well you, you're you a long-time listener to the podcast show. What did you think of that last yes. caller there with the alien, uh, uh, the I, alien abduction? Well, well, I was just hoping he'd more elaborate. Okay, after he threw the Bible down, and then he said life was good after that. That kind of worried me. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he's got a lot of credibility. I mean, I I think oh, sure. he holds a lot of credit. You know, um, uh, you know, with, with his story. Uh, um, I think I think what he was trying to say is that he was, you know, he just happened to be picking picking up the Bible that night, and and he just felt something like breathing behind his neck, neck, reading, reading, uh, reading, or looking at him, you know, or seeing what he was doing, and and his his point was that. The Bible, he thinks, freaked the thing out, and it took off, you know, ran out the door, oh, you know, so. Oh, I <laughs> okay, okay, then I'll go with that, then that seems more plausible, because I was thinking, uh, yeah. I didn't think about throwing the Bible on the ground would really make the life even better, but. You know, no, no, no. Day, he didn't but, mean. Yeah, he didn't mean that. The Bible. Yeah, he didn't mean throwing the Bible on the ground, and that's what scared it. No, no. He meant. He meant. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah. Him the, turning around, the, looking at it. <laughs> you know. Sure. I mean, I, hey, I, have, man, I have a yeah. good one. Good one Go myself is like I believe like in, there's there's haunting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I love hearing these haunting yeah. store haunting stories at late at night. What the hell? Why not? <laughs> Why not? And I know you're late tonight. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I lived in a house. I know it was haunted, and the reason I can vouch for the well, in my opinion, um, I was in my bedroom, right? And my bedroom was kind of mm-hmm. big, and I had this little area as like a breakfast nook. You could say it's an old house. I'm sitting there playing cards, and I'm waiting for a friend of mine to pick me up and go to a concert. So I'm sitting there playing, you know, solitary, going to town. All of a sudden, my door opens up, and you have to pick up my door. It's a big door in my bedroom. You have to kind of pick it up because the hinges are bad and lift it and Uh move it. Well, the thing opens up, and I was waiting for my friend to come walking in. And I'm sitting there playing my cards. You know, I'm in a good rhythm right now. And I'm like, wait a minute, what what happened? So I get out of my room. I walk around, look outside. He's not there. Then all of a sudden, he pulls up. And I go, why would you... Yeah, I think I lost him. I lost him. Up, oh, I lost him. He's right in the middle of the darn story, and I lost him. <laughs> darn it! He was right in the middle of the cliffhanger of the story, and I lost him. That's a suspense, a suspense right there. <laughs> I got to give him credit though, man. He took my invitation and uh, and uh, called in. I, I, most of these other people, man, I freaking uh, you know uh, get them, get them in. I get them, uh, you know. I say, hey, call in, man, you know, and because you know. They, all these people are on the internet, you know, big mouths and everything. They always want to tell me what I should be talking about. And I'm like, well, call in. Call in, man. Or, you know, don't be nervous. You know, I look, I, you know, so I got to give him credit. At least he called in, man, and, uh, you know, and uh, took my took me up on it. I, I give I give anybody respect that, that uh, you know, uh, willing to take the invitation. And Because, uh, you know, look, man, if you're not a radio person and you just like to listen you know, and, and look, I was like that when I was young. I didn't like talking in front of people. You know, when I was in, like, we were doing a school presentation. When I was in fifth grade, you know, the teacher was like, we'd have to, like, build something in our class, and we'd have to stand up in front of the class and tell them what we built and describe it and everything. And I was scared to freaking death, man. I was shaking. I, 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 I got to use the bathroom or whatever. I would always have to use the bathroom during that part of the class, you know, and hide in the bathroom because I was scared to death. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know I was shy. I did, uh, you know, and now look at me. You know, I got the biggest mouth in freaking the East Coast here. So, <laughs> you know, ask anybody. I ain't afraid to talk in front of nobody now. <laughs> so, man. But anyway, yeah, man. The guy in the chat room there. Uh, yeah, man. I appreciate. It. Yeah, I mean, his phone hung up. I didn't know that. But <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. We were right in the middle. I was just talking about you. You were right in the middle of a cliffhanger there, where you had us. Uh, you know, hanging on the edge of our seats and then you left. But I want to say thanks for calling in, man. It was a, 
you know, they, they give you your respect, man. Most people, like I said, don't have the courage to do it, you know. Or, well, some people are at work and stuff. They can't. I get that, too, you know. I mean, it's just because they don't. I mean, they're, you know, cowards and scumbags. But, you know, it's just that most people, you know, they'll, they'll haunt me on freaking social media for, you know, years, some of these people. And they'll be trolling me around. And it's like, you know, come on, man, you know, call in, you know, if you're going to call in. Make your voice known. I'll give you a. I'll give you a freaking the platform here, man. And trust me, you know we do get a lot of downloads on this podcast show. Go to go go, check them out. Check out Blog Talk. Twenty two thousand downloads. You know, I mean, uh, you know that's just Blog Talk. You know, iHeartRadio. We you know we're in the tens of thousands too. So you know, I mean, I'm not no freaking Glenn Beck or uh, or uh, you know uh, CBS News here, where I got you know million, tens of millions of people that uh, listen to my podcast, but or Joe Rogan, but, you know, we get, uh, you know, probably, you know, a good 50,000 people probably that uh, weekly listen to this thing. So, you know, can't beat that, man. Can't beat that, you know, for a small little Internet uh, podcast show. Started out with three listeners, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's what I started out with, three listeners, my grandfather, my uncle, and me, you know. So uh, that's that's how we started. Now I got Geico playing commercials for me now, and, uh you know, uh, uh, FedEx, you know, I got uh, sponsors, so, you know. But anyway, understanding the times in which we live today, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Joseph Gibson. Um, let me scan the, the cues here, the phone boards. Let me check my other platforms here and see if anybody's trying to get in or message me over there. Um, let's uh, play a good five-minute commercial here. Give me a break, and then we'll get ready to wrap up the podcast so I don't get no new voices, all right? into this room at your own risk, because it leads to the future, not a future that will be, but one that might be. This is not a new world. It is simply an extension of what began in the old one. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. It has refinements, technological advances, and a more sophisticated approach the destruction of human freedom. But like every one of the super states that preceded it, it has one iron rule. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. It is a system which has constricted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silent, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. I appeared before the Congressional Committee to tell what I knew of activities, which I believe might lead 
to an attempt to set up a fascist dictatorship. A part of that plan, of course, is to induce the gradual surrender of American sovereignty, piece by piece and step by step, to various international organizations of which the United Nations is the outstanding but far from the only example. The consequent willingness of the American people to allow the steps of appeasement by our government, which amount to a piecemeal surrender of the rest of the free world and of the United States itself. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN standard. I had planned another closing message, but I feel compelled to say what I'm about to say. Now, I risk sounding like a conspiracy theorist, but it's no longer a theory. What I'm about to say is fact. The secret organizations of the world power elite are no longer secret. They have planned and are now leading us into a one-world communist government. On the outskirts of the national capital today, black limousines with darkened windows converged on a hotel where private security guards imposed ironclad control. The limos carried royalty, political power brokers, and industrial titans to a secret meeting that will last all weekend. It's known as the Bilderberg Group. Could their objective be world domination? Money from our treasury is now being spent for this effort. We will have a new currency and a new constitution modeled on the Soviet Union's constitution. Our rights will not be inalienable, but they will be granted by government who can also take them away. This is terrorism of the most worst kind, brought on you by our own government. The strongest, freest nation in the history of mankind will be averaged into world communism. It is a big idea, a new world order. A new world is emerging. It is a new world order. A new world order is emerging. A new world order can be created. A new world order. 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 A world order. A new world order. And the hope that each of us has to build a new world order. I think even that, even that does not describe why the world has changed so much and why the world has turned so much towards a new world order and a new kind of civilization. France intends to proceed together with all people of goodwill around the world. They battle to build a new world order of the 21st century. It's about the defeat of Europe and a new world order. A new world order. The new world order. New world order. A new international order. New global order. All 
All right, everybody. Joseph Gibson podcasting here. Understanding the times in which we live today. I reached out to a few people. It's just I see them online. I said, hey, you know, you want a little airtime here tonight? You know, uh, some people. You know, uh, these are regulars that usually call into my show, so they told everything they possibly you know over the years. So just trying to see if anybody was out there wanted to talk here tonight. Uh, get some information out there, maybe. So, uh, you know, I understand, you know, you got 1 o'clock in the morning, for God's sake. I thought it was like 10 o'clock, man. I'm way behind here. Like, that's why that guy said, man, you're on late tonight. <laughs> I lost track of time. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, let's see. Oh, there we go, getting some people pounding on the doors now. Let's see what we got here. Uh, oh, let's see here. Oh, remarriage and adultery in the Bible. Oh, God, you want to talk about that? Yeah, come on, come on on, come on. Yeah, come on on. Who is this? Oh, that's not the same person. Yeah, call in, call in, call in. Yeah, there we go. You want to talk about that? Yeah, well, let's see here. Oh, let's see here. Boy, I've been scrolling here, pulling guests off social media now, I guess, you know. But I didn't know, I didn't realize it was this late. Boy, we got carried away there for a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, got carried away, and all of a sudden, people, I started getting bombarded with messages here on uh, social media. And now I'm going back there, checking them out, and I guess everybody said, hey, to heck with you. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. You know, I can't watch, the, you know, all these screens at once. But uh, that <clears throat> that um, alien story, that was very interesting. You know, I think the guy is credible. Um, you know, it did. I mean, he has no reason to lie. I mean, you know, come in here. He's not trying to get. He's not getting paid for. I'm not paying him to tell the story. So, you know, I mean, I think it was, I thought it was very interesting. <clears throat> you know, I mean, it's just some freaky stuff, man. I mean, it was scared the hell out of me. You know, if uh, and and you know, you see these alien stories out there, and, he, and his was a little bit unique on his own, at his own, at his own uh, accord there. So uh, anybody else here that wants to jump in here and you've got something you want to talk about in live, understanding the times in which we live today, uh, who can, heck can understand them? 657-383-0616, press the number one. Uh, you know, get your voice out there. And, uh, you know, I, I have no scheduled guests tonight. To open phones last minute. So I uh, figured I'd give everybody a chance here and uh, dive into it. The show is archived, so it gets replayed over and over and over and over at your will, at your leisure, and uh, other people who want to download and listen. I was going back and listening to some shows I did about eight years ago. Wow. Man, time has flown by. I can't believe it. I mean, I was listening to a show I did in 2014 and uh, and 2013-14, and I had a United States Army veteran on, uh, Sean Rowe, and uh, putting together a team to go over to, over to Syria to fight the ISIS. And, uh, you know, and I'm interviewing them and I'm thinking back, I'm, you know, I, I mean, I'm listening to the interview and I'm like, man, I said, I can't believe all this time has passed by this quick. It seems like yesterday I was interviewing that guy, talking to him on, so, on Facebook. You know, he sent me, I still got the T-shirt hanging. I got the T-shirt hanging up here, Veterans Against ISIS. You know, uh, that's how we met, actually. And, uh, well, I saw him on the O'Reilly Factor. That's when that show was on and. I still got the T-shirt hanging up right here, you know, Veterans Against ISIS. So, uh, you know, and I was listening to that interview, and I'm like, man, I just can't believe it. Time flies, man. Look, before you know it, we're not here no more. So take advantage of the time that you have. Don't waste it. You know, take advantage of the time that you have. Make your mark. 
make your make your imprint you know your your indentation into history into uh the world you know uh make your impression known you know make your make you know you want to change everybody has the will and the and the uh, uh uh the i guess you could say within themselves to change things that they see that are not right it's just in our our nature to want to change things and to want to be free Talking to voters the other day, because everyone know, yeah, those of you that know, I'm running for uh, North Carolina House of Representatives here in uh, North Carolina, District 65. And uh, I was talking to uh, a guy at the store, and I, I said, hey, you from uh, Rockingham County? He says, yeah, I live in Reedsville. I said, oh. So I says, you registered to vote? And he goes, uh, yeah. And I said, well, what do you, what's the most important issue to you, you know, that you would like to see politicians? I didn't tell him I was running yet. And, uh, you know, and he says, you know what, I just, I'm sick and tired of the government being in my life. I want them out of my life. I don't want to know about them. I just want to live my life and be free without government intrusion, you know. And, and, and there was like three other people standing in line with him. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you know it, he got the conversation going. And everybody was on the same page. And that's what everybody pretty much wanted. Nobody said, I, uh, I want a McDonald's over here or I want to. You know, or I uh, want taxes cut because that's never going to happen. You know that taxes are going to continue to go up. You're not going to get, you know, it's just the way it's going to be as long as you've got the Federal Reserve printing the money. So uh, they own your monetary system and they own you. But, uh, you know, so they, people just want to be free. They want to be left alone. And uh, so you know, then I told them I'm running for uh, office here in North Carolina. So, uh, you know, um, you know when you see my name on that ballot. You know, in the primary, because I got I primary first. I got a primary. I got to win. I'm running against another Republican, and uh, you know, and then 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 if I win the primary, then I'll go against a Democrat, and, uh, and for the you know, the election in uh, November. So uh, the primary is June seventh. So uh, look, man, you guys want change here in North Carolina, and just because I'm a state legislator, look, man, the, this this stuff travels. You create good legislation, you create a good state with good laws, good legislation in this state. It carries over to other states and other districts, and, 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 and your constituency can grow, you know, and become a national thing. And you can have a national influence. So I'm telling people out there, you tell me what you want, and I'll do it. It doesn't matter what I want. It matters what you want. That's how government is supposed to operate. That's what I'm here for. That's what the government is here for, for you, not for me, for, you know, it's for you. So, and I'm trying to stress that to people. People are so brainwashed thinking that, you know, know, hoping that the politician that gets in there does what he says he's going to do, and they're not. They haven't over the years. They're all liars, you know, very few do what they say and mean what they say and say what they mean. So I, I got no 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 uh, game in this. I mean, I got no reasons to. I got no contract. I got no contract. I'm trying to get them a big mansion on the hill. I can care less about that crap. You know, I just want the government out of my life. That's why I'm running. You know, and I want to see a better place for my kids when they grow up. So, you know, I don't like what I see right now and the way things are going. I don't think we're going to make it too much farther. I think we're heading into World War III. So with that being said, God bless the republic and one nation under God and uh, whatever God you may believe in. But, you know, 
That's up to you. Friends with all, alliances with none. Say goodnight with the Green Berets. Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men. America's best One hundred men Will test today But only three When the Green Beret Trained to live Off nature's land Trained in combat Hand to hand Men who fight By night and day, courage take from the Green Beret. Silver wings upon their chest, these are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three. When the green beret Back to home A young wife waits Her green beret Has met his fate He has died For those oppressed Leaving her This last request Put silver wings On my son's chest Make him one Of America's best He'll be a man They'll test one day Have him win The Green Beret